Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Now, 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross, for three days I believe that all of hell probably threw a party. They're like, thank God it's finally over. Thank God Jesus is done. It's been three long, hard years of Jesus healing people and saving people and setting people free. But now it's all over. He's done. He's died. He's dead and buried. But how many know on the third day that hell was in for a rude awakening because Jesus was not done. He was just getting started in what he was about to do. Over 2,000 years from that day to this day, God has been on the move through the power of the Holy Spirit in his church. And I'm so thankful for what God has done in this church. But how many know that he is not done, that he is not finished, that he has more that he wants to do in this room today, in our lives today, in this place today. So can we just lift up our hands to heaven for one moment? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are in this room today. We thank you, God, that you are moving so powerfully at Dwell Church. God, we thank you that this is just the beginning. God, we thank you for an outpouring like we have never known before, never seen before. God, we thank you that this is a significant day in the life of this church. God, as we launch Sunday night services, God, thank you that you are about to blow our minds with what you want to do in and through this church. And God, thank you that right now, right here, in this moment, God, you want to come and you want to meet with us. You want to speak to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and have your way. Thank you, God, for your presence in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Can we give God a shout of praise in this place today? Awesome. You can go ahead and take a seat. It is such an honor to meet you. If uh, you weren't here last time I was here, uh, it is an honor to meet you, Dwell Church. My name is Layla Nahavandi, and uh, I'm from Australia, a land down under. And uh, it is such an honor and a blessing to be with you guys here today. I want to give honor where honor is due and thank your senior pastors, Pastor David and Nicole. Can we give it up for them? Oh my gosh. These guys... They're just something else, amen? And uh, we love you guys. I'm so thankful for you guys. And I'm so thankful that you would invite me uh, to speak into your church. I don't take that privilege lightly. And I don't take you guys and the relationship that I have with you lightly either. I was with another uh, preacher yesterday. We were getting lunch with these guys Um yesterday and we were just sitting at lunch and we were talking about how we met and and uh his name was pastor manny arango he's from social church in dallas and he said how did you meet like pastor nicole and and i was like oh through theos you and he's like oh how did you feel when you when you um when you met her and i was like i was like oh my goodness a celebrity is following me on instagram 
I had been so impacted by their ministry over in Australia, by their albums, by their worship. And so to have the opportunity even to worship with you guys here at Dwell Church today is such an honour and a privilege, let alone sit under their ministry and minister in your house today. So can we just honour these guys and give it up for them? You guys are incredible. We love you. And I'm so thankful for what God wants to do through this church. You know what? We were talking as well about launching Sunday night services. And uh, I was just reminded of of times when I had moved country. Um, My parents, my dad is Persian. My mum is Irish. I was born in England, raised in New Zealand, um, and now live uh, in Australia. And each time we moved country, we would pack all of our things into a shipping container and we would wait about six weeks in the new country for all of our things to arrive. When we got to the new country, we would start to set up our house, but we didn't really have much in the house. You know, I don't know if you've ever moved house and you've had things on its way, but we didn't have chairs. We didn't have tables. We were sleeping on the ground. We had a pillow on the ground. We had, you know, picnic mats, different things like that for a dinner table. We were just setting up the house. But eventually about six weeks or seven weeks later, when all of our stuff arrived, everything came together and we could set up the house how we wanted to. And it made it easier to host others. Before that, we couldn't host others in our house. Others couldn't come over because we sort of had nothing to bring them to. But when our house was set up, when our house was established, we brought them over and we could host other people. And when I was thinking about Sunday nights and just praying about what God wants to do in this place, I was filled with so much hope and expectation for what God wants to do with Sunday night services here at Dwell Church. You know what, church? I believe that you've been on a journey of setting up the house, of getting the house in order, of getting everything together, of setting up the family, establishing the work of God here in this place. But as you launch Sunday night services... I believe that the call of God, the mission and mandate of this church will start to be revealed to this house, will start to be revealed to this world, will start to be revealed to everyone around us. I believe that the mission and mandate of this church is not just to build a strong church here in Dallas, Texas, but it's to teach the global church how to host the presence and the power and the anointing of God. I believe that people will come from all over, from all nations of the world to come and experience what God is is doing in this place. And on Sunday nights, I believe that God is about to break something through in the atmosphere of this place. I believe God is about to do what He has always assigned for this church in Sunday night services. So I'd encourage you tonight, invite friends from other churches. Invite people who need a touch from heaven. Invite people who need to be in the presence and the power of God tonight, because I believe that it's gonna be a birthplace for revival. It's gonna be a birthplace for the supernatural. It's gonna be the birthplace birthplace for miracles in this place tonight. So I'm so excited about what God wants to do in this place. And this morning, I would love to share a message with you entitled Citizens of Heaven. 
citizens of heaven. How many know that heaven is in the house today? That heaven is in this room today? Heaven is in this place. And I believe that God wants every single one of us in this room to be carriers of heaven everywhere that we go. He wants us to carry heaven to our families, carry heaven to our homes, carry heaven to our workplaces, our schools, our universities. God wants us to carry heaven to other nations like our friends over here. God wants us to carry heaven everywhere that we go. And so we're going to be talking about being citizens of heaven. If you've got a Bible, why don't you turn with me? to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Saviour. Hebrews 11 verse 13 to 16 says this, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were strangers and foreigners on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they are longing for a better country a heavenly one. And therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. We are citizens of heaven, citizens of heaven. You know, the book of Hebrews was written to a bunch of people, a a group of Christians who were going through the most intense persecution that they, they had ever faced in their lives. Everything was going well, everything was cool, but all of a sudden they started facing intense persecution. And because they were going through this intense persecution and because everything was so overwhelming and wearying for them, all of a sudden, instead of stepping forward into the call of God for their lives and stepping into the plans and the purposes that God had for their city and their nation and the nations of the world, people started to retreat. People started to step back. They started to go back to what was comfortable, back to what they knew because it all became a bit too overwhelming for them. It all became a bit too much. And so the writer of this letter to the Hebrews is writing these words to encourage them in their faith, to help them to know that even when everything is chaotic around you, There is a heaven on the inside of you that you are not in this world, but you are not of this world. You have been called and anointed to carry heaven everywhere that you go. He was reminding them that no matter what happened around them, something was going on inside of them that was more powerful than anything around them. And today, church, I believe that whether we feel overwhelmed whether we feel like we're in the valley or we feel like we're on the mountaintop, that God has called every single one of us in this place to be carriers of heaven, to be citizens of heaven, that God wants to remind us today of who we are and where we're going, that no matter how much it feels like our world might have lost its mind, how chaotic or crazy it might be out there, that God is doing something in here and He wants us to take heaven to earth. So we're going to talk about what it means to be a citizen of heaven today. C.S. Lewis gave us this beautiful quote. It says, If I find in myself 
desires that nothing in this world can satisfy. I can only conclude that I was not made for this world. I was not made for this world. Now, when I usually meet people for the first time, uh, my name is Layla and I was named after an Eric Clapton song, Layla, uh, for all of those who know that song. So every time I meet someone for the first time, if they're over the age of about, I'd say 45, something like that, um, they'll usually start singing to me the Eric Clapton song, Layla. And uh, so that's a bit awkward. What do you do when someone you've never met before starts singing to you? Um, so usually that will happen. But after that, usually people will look at me, my face, my name, the accent that I have, they'll go, so like, where are you from? Where are you from? And uh, that's always a difficult question for me to answer. I'm like, oh, I'm from Australia. I'm from New Zealand. I'm from England. I'm from, and, and eventually I'll be like, my dad's Persian. My mum's Irish. And they're like, oh, okay, Persian. That makes sense. We, we understand who you are. Usually what they're saying when they look at me they hear my accent, they see my features, my characteristics, the way that I talk, the way that I conduct myself, the way that I look. They're saying, hey, there's something about you that is not typical of this place that we live in. There's something about you that is not common to this place. And therefore I can tell that the way that you talk, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you look, it's somewhere, it's from somewhere different to where we live. So therefore I know that you must be from somewhere else. And do you know what church today, I wanna to encourage us that everywhere that we go in everything that we do, people should be able to recognize us from the life that we live, from the way that we speak, from the way that we conduct ourselves, that there is something different about you that is not typical of this place. It's not typical of this world that we are living in. There is something different about you that marks you. Therefore, you must be from somewhere else. We are citizens of heaven. Citizens of heaven. What does a citizen of heaven look like? Well, the first thing that we have available to us as citizens of heaven is we have new laws which we abide by. New laws which we abide by. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 15, verse 14 to 15, and we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask anything that pleases Him. And since we know that He hears us when we make our requests, we also know that He will give us what we ask for. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse nine says, my ways are higher than your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We live according to a new law. Every promise in this book is mine. Every promise in this book is yours. Every chapter, every verse, every line, we live according to the laws of this book. You know, in Australia, we have what's called a high court. I think it's very similar um, to your highest form of court here in America. And if you have a ruling 
uh, in a lower court of Australia. If you go to court and they make a final judgment on your circumstance and situation, they make a ruling, a declaration over your circumstance, and you don't like that ruling or you don't agree with that ruling, you can actually appeal to the High Court of Australia. And the High Court of Australia will decide whether or not they want to hear your case. And if they take on your case, they will hear out your case, they will look at all the evidence, they will take up all the different sides. And as they look at the evidence, they will make a new ruling. And when the high court decides a new ruling, that ruling overturns and overrules every other ruling of every court in Australia. So that high court ruling overrules any other court's ruling and any other court's judgment. Do you know what? In the same way, church... We as Christians, when we have judgments and rulings that are pronounced over our lives, uh, over our lives, the lies of the enemy that are spoken over us, when, when the enemy tries to make rulings and judgments over our health, over our finances, over our family, over our church, over our ministry, over our career, when the enemy tries to pronounce judgments on you, tries to make rulings on you, tries to let you know that this is final and this is where it ends. We can appeal to the high court of heaven. We can appeal to the laws of God and say, God, I know in your word, it says I am healed. In your word, it says I am blessed. In your word, it says I am favored. I appeal to the high court of heaven. As citizens of heaven, we have new laws that we abide by. The second thing that we have as citizens of heaven is we come from a new bloodline. We come from a new bloodline. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 says, For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. We are from a new bloodline church. It doesn't matter what family background we come from, whether we come from the right side of the tracks or we feel like we come from the wrong side of the tracks, whether we feel like we were set up well by our family of origin or whether we feel like we have been hurt by our family of origin. When we got born again, we were born to win. We were born into the bloodline of Christ. We were born into the royal family and that is our inheritance in God. We have come from a royal bloodline and this is our inheritance. The third thing that we have as citizens of heaven is we've been given a new name. We have been given a new name. You know, people from certain countries have names that are typical of those countries. You know, if I was from Italy, you know, maybe the typical countries of my country, the typical names of my country might be Luigi or Mario or Maria, you know, different names that are typical of these countries. As citizens of heaven, God has given us a name that we carry. Names give us access to things. Names give us authority. Names enable us to access things that we wouldn't be able to get if we didn't have that particular name. Do you know what? My name, Layla Nahavandi, can only carry me so far. Maybe if my name was Donald Trump, it could carry me a little bit further. Maybe if my name was Elon Musk, it could carry me a little bit further still, maybe to the moon or to Mars, who knows? But these different names give us access and authority to certain things. 
as citizens of heaven, we have been given a new name. And that new name is the name above every other name, the name above every king and every kingdom, the name above every sickness and disease, the name above poverty and lack, hopelessness and depression, the name above every other name. And that name is the name of Jesus. We carry the name of Jesus. The Bible says this in John 14, Verse 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. What do we need today? Everything that we need is found in his name. Everything that we need is found in the name of Jesus. Citizens of heaven, we also have been given a new language and our lives speak with a distinctive accent. We've been given a new language and our lives speak with a distinctive accent. I love what Pastor David said uh, at the start of uh, when I got, got up to speak here today. But he said, if you say my name a few times, you'll be able to speak in tongues, right? Uh, that's how we do it here in the Pentecostal church in America. If you want to speak in tongues, just say my name and you'll be all good. But we have been given a new language. We have been given a language of heaven. And this language, the Bible says, builds us up on the inside. And so when we begin to speak in tongues, when we begin to pray in this heavenly language, God begins to do something on the inside of us that carries us to places that we couldn't carry ourselves, that brings a strength upon us that we couldn't access in our own strength. We have been given a new language. We have also been given... A distinctive accent. You know, I grew up with a very Irish mother. So my mum grew up in Ireland. And so I was in New Zealand and then Australia as a kid. And my friends would come over to my house and my mum would just be talking to them and asking them if they want to drink or different things like this. And she'd talk to them and, and, and as, as they were over at my house and then she'd go out of the room. And as she would leave the room, my friends would look at me and they'd be like, Layla, like what? They're like, Layla, how do you understand a word that your mum is saying? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, she's like, she has such a thick Irish accent. How do you understand her? And then I would like look at my mum and be like, mum, do you have a thick Irish accent? And she's like, fiddly dee potatoes, you know? I'm like, I can't hear it. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> When people would come into our environment, I, it would be normal to me. I knew what my mum sounded like. I, I couldn't tell the difference in the way that she sounded or her, the accent that she carried. She sounded normal to me. But when people around us heard her voice, when they heard her accent, when they came in from a foreign place, they would say, hey, there's something different about the sound that your mum carries. And you know what? In the same way, as citizens of heaven, we have been given a distinctive accent that it might sound normal to us in here, this accent of love, this accent of joy, this accent of hope, this accent of peace. But when we go out, when people come in here, they hear a different sound that is coming out of this place. Do you know what? We have also been given a sound of praise and worship. We have been given a sound of praise and worship. When we make this sound, it's a supernatural sound. 
I love the praise and the worship that is coming out of this house. And I don't take it for granted what God is doing in this place. I believe that God is just going to explode what he is doing here all over the world. And this sound of praise and worship is going to go far and wide from this place. And that sound is not just a sound an earthly sound. It's not just a sound of singing. It's not just a sound of melody. It's not just a sound of harmony. But this sound is a sound of supernatural warfare. This sound is a sound of taking ground. This sound is a sound of the miraculous. This sound is a sound that can heal and save and set people free. This sound is a sound that can welcome the King of glory into this house and into this city. This sound is a sound of victory. And this sound is the sound of freedom. As citizens of heaven, we carry a new sound. Maybe if the worship team could join me. The final thing that we have as citizens of heaven is we have certain rights and privileges and liberties that we enjoy. You know, as citizens of Australia, we have certain rights and privileges and liberties that we enjoy, maybe less so than Americans. We've been locked up for the past two years in Australia. And uh, you have particular liberties and you have particular um, rights and privileges that you have access to as citizens of a particular country. Here in America, on the 15th of December, 1791, the Bill of Rights came into effect. And you know what? As an Aussie, an outsider looking in, it really feels like from that day to this day, Americans have always known their rights, right? You are never taking a right away from an American, from what I understand. You know, if somebody tries to infringe upon your rights, you're like, excuse me? Excuse me, according to my First Amendment right, I have freedom of assembly, so you can, you know, come against me, gathering with my friends together here, um, so you better step off, you better back off, you better step off, you better stay away from my rights, right? You guys are great at defending your rights. You guys are great at knowing what your rights are and standing up for your rights. Ain't nobody taking those rights away from you. Amen. People are like, yes, that's right. Amen. You know, in the Bible, in John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. And I was thinking about how you guys as Americans, when anyone tries to come and take away your rights, tries to infringe upon your rights, you have a bill of rights that you can quote. You have some truths that you can stand on that stop people from infringing upon your rights. And I thought about us as Christians, how so often when the enemy comes in, when the enemy tries to take away our peace, when the enemy tries to take away our joy, when the enemy tries to come and infringe upon what God has purchased for your family, when the enemy tries to come and spread lies about your future, about your destiny, about the hope that you have, when the enemy comes to try and take away our rights, sometimes as Christians, we can forget that we're citizens of heaven and just sit back and allow the enemy to try and take away what's rightfully ours. But I thought, what if we were like the Americans? What if we stood up? 
What if we had a bill of rights that we could quote as citizens of heaven? What if we had truths that we could stand on? That every time the enemy comes near to us, tries to take away our peace, take away our joy, take away our hope, take away our freedom, take away our liberty. Anytime the enemy tries to take those things away, what if we had a bill of rights that we could stand upon? And so here it is. I think this is just scratching the surface. But I believe that if we had a bill of rights as citizens of heaven, it would go a little something like this. I am God's possession, His child, His workmanship, His friend, temple, co-laborer, witness, soldier, ambassador and building. I am able to do all things because He strengthens me. I am a minister and an instrument. I am His chosen, His beloved, His jewel and His heritage. In Christ, I have been redeemed by blood, set free from sin, set free from Satan, set free from the kingdom of darkness. I have been chosen before the foundation of the world, predestined to be like Jesus. I have been forgiven of all of my trespasses, washed in blood, given a sound mind, given the Holy Spirit and been accepted into God's family. I have been justified freely by God's grace. I have been given all things pertaining to life. I have been given great and precious promises. I have the ministry of reconciliation, authority over the enemy, access to God and wisdom for free. In Christ, I am complete, totally in Him. I am free forever from sin's power. I am sanctified. I am fit for the master's use. I am loved eternally. I am eternally kept in the palm of His hand. I am kept from falling. I am kept by His very power. I am not condemned. I am one with the Lord. I am on my way to heaven. I am quickened by His mighty power. I am seated in heavenly places. I am a light in the darkness, a city set on a hill, the salt of the earth. I am His sheep, hidden with Christ in God and protected from the evil one. I am secure in Christ, set on a rock, more than a conqueror, born again, filled with His power, healed by His stripes, covered by His blood, sheltered by His wings, hidden in the secret place. I have access to the Father, a home in heaven, all things in Christ. I have a living hope and anchor for my soul. I have a hope sure and steadfast. I have authority to tread on serpents, power to witness the tongue of the learned, the mind of Christ, boldness and access, peace with God. I have faith like a mustard seed. I can do all things in Him. I can find mercy. I can come boldly before His throne. I can quench the fiery darts of the enemy. I can declare liberty to the captives. I can pray always. I can chase a thousand. I can defeat and overcome the enemy. I can tread Satan under my feet. The only things that I cannot do in Christ are to be separated from God, to perish or be lost, to be moved, to be taken out of my Father's hand, to be charged or accused or be condemned. I am a citizen of heaven and this is my status in Christ. Can we stand to our feet right now and just give God a shout of praise in this place? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that this is who we are in you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you have purchased for us. Thank you, Lord, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you have raised up a standard against him today. God, I thank you in every heart, every life, every mind, God, that this truth 
would reign, God, that you would propel us into the calling and the destiny that you have for us to be citizens of heaven who carry heaven everywhere that we go. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.